0: to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to the DWZ, that's right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own Rookie Rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Dallas spelled backwards with a double L, Galore. And we are in the thick of the rookie content, my friends and family. We are... Officially entering in that fun little area of the offseason now, um, just before free agency, where we get the East-West Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl. And these two bowl games are going to take up the next couple weeks of content for me specifically. Um, This will be dropping the Monday prior to the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl is on Thursday. I believe that makes it the 2nd. So I'm going to be touching on kind of both rosters, the outlook expectations from the two teams entirely. Um, There's actually quite a bit of good offensive line and defensive line play that would be in this game where you'll see quite a few of these names on NFL rosters come next season. Um, But what is intriguing to me specifically is that more so than pretty much any other year that I can remember of the last five to six, um, this East-West Shrine Bowl has a lot of prospects in it that are inside of my top 15 to 20 players at basically every position um Obviously, that's not chalking with quarterback in tight end, Um, but specifically, there's one that is inside of my top 10 and one that is inside of my top 12 that is on this East-West Shrine Bowl game. And then for my quarterbacks, I have a top four quarterback that's actually at the East-West Shrine Bowl, which typically doesn't happen to a lot of these prospects. Um, But like I said, I'm going to go into both teams, kind of the offensive outlook that you're going to expect from the East and the West side, and then the players that are going to help them do it, basically in a similar breakdown just to kind of give you it um i do have them set up as you know ABC tiers, basically, Um, but they're not um, prospects of extreme skill that I am saying, oh, this isn't a player for my grading scale. This is a a interest in how they're going to in the game. Um, I'm very intrigued to see if they can just really show out against competition that I think that they are superior to. Um, So without further ado, um, I only have one quarterback really of note that I am going to talk about today. Um, That is going to be on specifically the um the west offense uh but looking at the east offense there's no quarterbacks truly that are of note in my eyes, honestly, um, they have the like uh, the likes of Tanner Morgan, Aiden O'Connell, and Tim DeMuratt. Um, The only one that may sound familiar to any of you average football watchers of collegiate football would be Tanner Morgan. He's Minnesota's quarterback, um, but not a lot of accuracy to go around. But the best thing about this offense and how it's set up but based off of the people that they have it is that this side of the offense, the east side, has probably the most punishing group of running backs that are in this game, as well as the best short separator wide receivers that are going to be in this game. So it's very intriguing to see how this is going to play out, but I think this team is actually perfect for how they're going to have to play. It's going to be a lot of ground and pound with the East roster and a lot of short underneath, uh, underneath kind of dump offs to two guys that I like quite a bit, but quarterbacks sling the balls aren't that important. The two running backs of note on this team that I think are going to be very, 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 Physical and very, very, very dominant in the run game uh, with especially this short of a week of practice as what happens at the East-West Shrine Bowl is you have Tavion Thomas out of Utah and you have, sorry, my cat's going crazy, Jordan Mims out of Fresno State. Um, Those two guys are very, very physical. For Jordan Mims specifically, um, he's a gadgety kind of space player, but he has the size that's not really expected for a guy that moves how he is. Um, He's bad in between the tackles is the only issue and is reading, reading the holes and the blocks that are in front of him is his biggest issue, which when you're that big, if you don't have elite speed, it's just really not going to cut it. He's, um, you know, poor balance. He's, it's kind of weird him being the size and, um, athletic nature that he is you'd expect him to be a one and two down grinder but he's actually very good in pass protection so he's one of those weird odd cases where you might have a big running back if he is able to make an NFL roster next year who is exclusively a third down running back because he is good in space he's very shifty for his size and on the outside if he's going up against a DB he can really show that physicality it's just he doesn't really have the chops to be a pro running back in my eyes right now. Um, The second guy on this list that I had mentioned was Tavion Thomas. I'm not going to do a deep dive on Tavion because I did it last week, but he is the um, he's he's basically the guy where if you're looking for this year's Ramondre Stevenson, Tavion Thomas is probably your dude. He's huge. He's probably 240 to 245, 6'2", just a really beefy dude, physical runner. And again, just going to make a physical tandem with these guys on the East roster. Um, Going on to the wide receivers, you actually have not just two guys, but you have three guys that are pretty intriguing to me with how they're going to be playing in this game. And it's due to the fact that there's probably not going to be a ton of time for the quarterbacks and not a lot of weapons stretching the field downfield. Um, But one guy I had mentioned last week in uh, Jordan Hazelwood, sorry, Jaden Hazelwood out of Arkansas, he's a really uh, toolsy guy that, He's, he's a big wide receiver. Um, he's about 6'2", 215, 220 almost. So he's kind of got the Traylon Burks build. Um, he's not the athlete that Traylon Burks was, but they used him in a lot of the same capacity that they used Burks last year, this year when it came to Jaden Hazelwood. So his yak ability is pretty nice. Um, He is probably going to be predicated to exclusively like a big slot role if he does make it in the next level. I just don't think his testing number is going to be super big. Um, He's a guy that falls into that big wide receiver tier that I had chatted about on last week's episode, which you haven't listened to. It is my breakdown of my tier rankings that um, just, I'm going to have to see it in combine and draft capital before I start getting invested. Um, Two guys that are probably some of the best separators in the class are Wake Forest's A.T. Perry and Fresno State's Jalen Cropper. Um, For A.T. Perry, the main issue is he is like 160 pounds. So he's a guy that's very shifty, and he has had a very prolific career at Wake Forest, but he's a guy that I just can't get behind right now, and he didn't even make my top 20 wide receivers on that list last week, just due to that size. He's even smaller than the likes of like a Deuce Vaughn. He's smaller than the likes of a Zay Flowers, who is also in this game. Um, so I just need to see it with draft capital with A.T. Perry. Um, when it comes to Jalen Cropper, Jalen Cropper is one of my favorite guys in this class. Um, he is vanilla. He does nothing that really pops off the field to a lot of people. Um, but in the similar vein uh, as last year with me with Khalil Shakir and a couple of years prior, in Darnell Mooney, he fits into that role of having really good speed and being way better at contested catches that someone with his frame specifically should be able to do. Um, He's realistically going to be a mid-round pick in the same vein as both of those guys were and could fall easily in between their production over the first year to year and a half that we've seen from a Mooney and a Shakir. It's just a middling wide receiver, but he's a guy that I like and is a, a sneaky depth add, especially if he gets anywhere in the top four rounds draft capital. Going on to the tight end position, not a lot really going on on this side. Um, The two that they have are Daniel Barker and then they have Joel Wilson out of Central Michigan and then Michigan State, respectively. Um, Not a lot of boom or (laughs) movement, really, that's going to happen all in total with here um the one thing i will say about daniel barker is he has everything that you'd want athletically and he is a good blocker but he was criminally underused and is a projection player so that's why i don't really have a lot of high hopes for him um he falls into the vein kind of like an oj howard he's probably going to test very well at the combine but he's uh, he's a projection so i just can't really give him anything on that aspect that pretty much locks it up for the east side of the ball. Um, when I'm looking at the west side of the ball on offense, this is where things truly get uh, they get pretty, pretty interesting because um, the quarterback position is led by none other than one of my heartthrobs of the class for anyone who's been paying attention to the 2023 content thus far in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, if you are a guy that likes Anthony Richardson and haven't watched any of Dorian Thompson-Robinson's, I'd strongly suggest that you go out and do so. Um, I think he's going to be very, very good. Um, you also have a gunslinger in chase Bryce out of Appalachian state who should make the game interesting. Um, at the running back position, you've got a couple of different guys, uh, namely two of, uh, kind of my interesting guys on this list. And Mohamed Ibrahim out of Minnesota, who is that true thumper. Um, He's a guy that had a ton of long speed, came back and did show flashes. But I want to see, again, the draft capital before I have him higher. Um, You'll notice there's kind of a theme with this class here at the East West Shrine Bowl of it needing to be a, you know, prove it to me with draft capital type of move before I buy in because they're guys that I normally would get suckered into due to their tape and loving what they're putting out there. But I know athletically they're not at the top echelon of the tier and there's some injury concerns with pretty much everyone that I'm mentioning. Um, Zazavian Valade is the guy who everyone was kind of shocked at from my my tier list last week. Uh, It's a name that really hadn't gotten thrown around a lot. But um, like I said in last week's video, if you are someone that really liked the concept of Tampa Bay adding a running back last year, like their guy that they took out of Arizona State that I'm for some reason blanking on horrifically right now, um, then you will also like um, Zazavian Valade. <clears throat> and then going off of the running back position, um, they do have Travis Dye. Um, he's kind of Dead to me, though, if I'm being 100% honest with you on this roster. So it's not someone I'm looking forward to playing. Um, But this team, where it's really going to shine, is most likely going to be in its wide receiver group because they have some flat out ballers at this wide receiver group right now. Um, It's led, leading the group is Zay Flowers. Um, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. He's quick twitch, just the perfect slot. Pretty much Jamison Crowder mixed with like a Cole Beasley, Beasley, just such a good separator, except he's the athlete kind of uh, slightly less than what we saw with Rondell Moore. Um, again smaller mold though gonna need to see it truthfully before I start uh, really diving into uh, committing myself to him and then a guy that I'm very very interested in in um, this class that I also mentioned in last week's episode was Justin Shorter out of the University of Florida um, he's a guy that's a big dude that's been dealing with injuries nonstop his entire career basically uh, pretty much the tippy top of the five-star prospect coming out of high school that you could anticipate and can do everything you could possibly want him to do he just hasn't been able to stay the field healthy enough to do it kind of similar to a DK Metcalf type of prospect coming out when it comes to physically dominant Um, speed's probably going to be similar range as well and just a physical dominator but he hasn't been able to stay on the field Um, a couple of the other guys here that we are liking is um, looking specifically at the wide receiver position you have the likes of kind of Dallas Daniels LOL, of my name out of Jackson State and Demario Douglas out of Liberty. Both are guys that are kind of like controller players. They really like to be moved around uh, the formation are very, very able to do the uh, quick, quick jump cuts left to right. So they're interesting. Um, Guys just to kind of pay attention to. And then you have Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. He's a classic thick Big 12 X receiver. Um, Limited athleticism, but agility to exploit bad DB play is basically his MO. Um, he's probably going to be a mid round pick just because the size is there. He's right around 6'3", 205. So he's a guy that should be pretty popular. Um, you have the likes of Michael Jefferson, Louisiana. He's an enigma in this class because of body size wise. Um, he's massive. He's like 6'6", 6'7", like literally like offensive line height, but he only weighs like 190 pounds. He should be playing basketball as a power forward or a small forward. Um, but yeah, he, he's real thin. He's got a good long speed and d- basically only ran deep routes, as you can expect from a guy that's that tall, that athletic, and that, you know, <laughs> big. Um, but he's just going to be a toolsy late pick because you're going to have to use him in a very specific role, similar to a MDS, um, without any underneath stuff whatsoever coming out of there. And then when you're looking at the tight end position, um, Susp- oh, no, I did forget. Uh, sorry, Shaquan Davis out of South Carolina. He's a big boy, Um, loves to push off DBs is his biggest thing. Uh, he's a huge body. Uh, He's a huge bodied wide receiver, but he's not very strong in the, you know, the run block game or other pass block game, um, which is kind of concerning when you're that big. And like I said, he just loves to push off. Um, he loves the deep ball, and he loves pushing off when they are deep balls to him in one-on-one coverage. So it's just something that that's probably going to get him in so much trouble at the next level. I'm uh, very uh, <laughs> very curious to see how that's going to go for him. Looking at the tight end aspect on this side, there's only one tight end, really, that is of note to me. Um, it's out of Michigan, Luke Um He's great at feeling out zone holes, so <clears throat> kind of very common to see with these big 10 tight ends is their ability to find the space in zone. And he's definitely one of those guys, but he does have a limited athleticism and it really shows up when he's up against DBs who can just catch up to him immediately. Um, He's a big boy. Um, He could be good, you know, later on down the day with uh, some trained athleticism potentially, but as of right now, limited routes and bad at blocking is not Great for your draft profile. Um, but that's kind of the breakdown of the overall players that I'm interested in. Um, kind of a quick hitter episode. In total, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 guys that I'm at least interested in. They all fall within my top 15 slash, um, you know, 10 quarterback and tight end rankings. And then they're all inside of my top. 35 wide receivers in the class so there's no like crazy names that are in here that I find interesting or that I've brought up specifically that I haven't already seen at least a little bit of there's just not a ton of guys that I'm super interested in Um, there's four guys that I classify in as my supreme interest I want to see them in the game that's DTR Xavier Valade, Zay Flowers and Luke Schoonmaker and then there are six guys that I'm pretty interested in, that if they start to, you know, pop off or get really good praise from a lot of the coaching staff and or from an actual game film perspective, and Mohi Brahim, uh, Taven Thompson out of Utah, Justin Shorter out of Florida, Jalen Cropper out of Fresno, Jaden Hazelwood out of Arkansas, and Daniel Barker out of Michigan State. Everyone else, it's just like a I wouldn't be ex- you know, completely shocked if one of these guys ended up popping off at the day, but I'm not super invested in it. Um, As I said, just kind of a quick hitter episode, wanted to give you an outlook to what to be expecting. Um, If I had to peg it, the East is probably going to end up winning a close to low scoring game. But if you're going to look for the side, that's going to have some pop off plays. I really would expect probably a long touchdown of some kind, either to Jaden Hazelwood or Justin Shorter on the west side um, scoring with that quarterback play. Also look for that DTR scramble drill most likely coming out. Um, but the East West Shrime Bowl isn't as in-depth as a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the other bowl games that happen during the actual bowl season or the offseason season. So I'm not going to give it a ton of time. I'll definitely be spending quite a bit more when I'm deep diving into the Senior Bowl in the following weeks. But if you have any questions, you know where to find me on Twitter. You know where to find me on the DWZ Patreon. And this has been the East-West Shrine Bowl preview. Hopefully this helps you a little bit out so you're not just diving into Thursday's game completely in the dark. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing.